everybody. How are we doing? How are we living? Austin Cunningham with Justin Trees coming to break down week 12 of the NFL season. And ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you what a week it was. I was back in Arrowhead tailgating on from Sunday night football. It was amazing. It was so nice to be back in Arrowhead. It was a social distance tailgate, so no need to worry then or yell at me, please. Uh, the seating in Arrowhead, it was nice. It's kind of nice to be separated from people. You didn't have someone sitting on top of you. You didn't have to worry about what the person in front of you thought. If you kicked your feet out, if they were going to stand up, if they're going to keep sitting down, you know, if you're going to be able to see much of the game or understand what's going on. It's just nice to be back in the world of football and good at games and tailgate. Um, something I kind of specialize in, and I love doing it. And, Therese, I know you've been antsy to get back to tailgating as well because that's something you guys do. But here we are, episode 165. Four hundred sixty-four. If I look at the rundown, it's sitting right there at the top. We've been doing this for one hundred sixty-four episodes, dude. It's freaking nuts. This is nucking futs, but I'm glad we've done it. It really is. Me too. Um, I think we've said this multiple times, but I didn't think we'd ever get to this point, and it's it's awesome. It's something that I look forward to. You know, twice a week. Hope you do as well, and I hope our listeners 100%. do. Um, but going on to. This weekend, because you had such a good time. Wanna know what? Wasn't too bad for me either. Jags, another close <laughs> loss. Perfect. I thought they were going to lose by a two-point conversion yet again, which would have just been amazing. But they ended up getting it this time and then having to go into overtime. Um, the Utes, first win of the season. Hell yeah. Love to see that. I mean, everything was going right until the goddamn Jets had to play the smartest defensive play of all time. <laughs> Go ahead and, you know, dig into that a little bit. Why is it so smart? Because a lot of people want to look at it and be like, that's stupid. They just lost the game. Why would they do that? What the fuck, Jets? Go ahead and explain it, Because I know, I know exactly what you mean, but I don't think a lot of people listening might know. Well, obviously, they have a chance at the number one overall pick. They have a chance at Trevor Lawrence, who, in a strange way, I've actually felt like he has widened his gap more over the course of this season. I think he is the clear-cut number one. I think a lot of people think that, but like, there was like, I think there was some discussion before the season where it's like, ah, oh, could Fields catch up? Could Lance catch up? Like, is there something there? Like, I think he is now there. And, dude, doing cover zero... 13 seconds left, no timeouts. They have literally the arguably the fastest player in the NFL on the other side. Yes, Tyreek Hill is probably faster, but I'm going to say that's why I said arguably. At least top five fastest player in the NFL, and you're going to put a, a rookie fifth-round pick on him? <laughs> like, get out of here. But again, super smart for the Jets. I, I know there are a lot of people that saying, like, Greg Williams doesn't give a shit about draft picks. I mean... I agree he doesn't, but if you think that like that didn't like go through his head a little bit, like you're you're out of your mind. So like he had to have thought about it because there is a history. He does there was like an article about this like in 2017 or something like this about how he says that he likes to do this to put pressure on the quarterback and try to get the ball out faster. But I saw this. Um since 2006 there's been 253 scenarios like this. Less than 15 seconds, no timeouts, at least 45 yards away. And needing a touchdown. Being down between 4 points and 8 points. Out of those 253 times, one time has it, there been a scenario where the team ran man-to-man. One time, and it was on Sunday. He knew he's going to get fired here at the end of the year. He knows Adam Gase is just a freaking nutcase and that this has been a complete shit show for the New York Jets this season. They don't have anyone good on defense. They traded away Jamal Adams. He's clearly not the future plan of the New York Jets because they're about to just blow everything up and restart. So with him and the narrative that I thought was he's going to go, fuck it, you know, live or die on this play. Maybe we rush him and he makes a mistake and we win and I can just laugh in the face of, you know, this current management system and mess everything up for him or they get what they ultimately want. But at the same time, I might lose my job. They're still going to have to pay me for the rest of the year regardless. 
and I don't have to deal with this shit for the rest of the season. So forget about it. And I think the best situation for Greg Williams is to now just go on the rest of the year. You're probably going to miss a year in the NFL, honestly. You're going to have to do the same thing Steve Spagnola did. Just sit out for a year. Take a year off. Go back. Find some joy for the game of football and go to your better situation and win a Super Bowl. So much easier said than done. You have no idea what's going to happen. But within that, at least you're not with the Jets anymore because it's not like they're just going to magically be really, really good next year unless they are, but you're not going to be a part of it. So, and there's a part of me that just kind of happens to wonder, did he, did he really kind of know that he possibly would get fired after that? Also in knowing that like, eh, they don't want me anymore and we're probably going to lose this game. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is, right? Like he probably is like, I'm good with losing, losing my job and getting paid for it. But at the same time, he's probably gotten way more chances at a, defensive coordinator job than what he deserves because his defense has sucked ever since they caught him literally trying to kill Frank Gore um, and Alex Smith and Michael in New Orleans. Yep. In New Orleans. So that you say he's going to sit out for one year. I will go as far as saying he will not get another defensive defensive coordinator job in the NFL ever again. Do you think he would as like a position coach? Okay. They, what, what, I, mean, I think that's a very fair statement. What off, what head coach is going to go see that and go, yep, I'm going to trust this guy with the game on the line moving forward? I mean, I would say the same thing with the Eagles defensive coordinator. That dude's trash as well. Jim Schwartz, right? It is Jim Schwartz. You are correct. Yeah. Get the hell out of here, man. Yeah. So, I, I'm again, super smart. I was so pissed off, so mad when that happened because the Jags were literally one play away, one play away from the number one overall pick. And now I have to just sit here and recognize the pressure is on the Jags to continue losing. Um, so here's here's a question. If the Jets would have won that game, like – is it still automatically the Jaguars pick, or would the Jets have to lose? So enough? it goes. I mean, have to. It win goes it off of strength of schedule, and the Jags' strength of schedule is in their favor that they would have jumped. So it would depend on the rest of the season of who wins and who they've played. So it it literally could change game by game basis. But but the Jags' schedule has just been so tough compared to the Jets this year that it um it's in their favor. So. Um, yeah, dude, just tough. It was, it was a tough loss. Uh, I'm super worried that the Jags are going to beat the bears. <laughs> no, there's a possibility. The fucking lines, the lines just beat him. <laughs> I mean, the Matthew Stafford had over 400, over passing 400 yards passing yards. Uh, the Jags starting to play like chase on smart not playing him at defensive end, but letting him stand up. So during the season, he had like two or three quarterback pressures all year, just playing completely awful as defensive end. They This week, move him to stand up. I think I even mentioned this like three weeks ago that they need to start doing this. And he had six, he he had six quarterback pressures yet on Sunday by standing up. He is, he is athletic where you need to use that to your advantage and move him around more. They need to move him around like how they did Yanni Kangakwe. Anyways, um, <clears throat> but the Jags, how many close games in a row is this besides that Steelers game, right? Like this, this is like four or five games that it's been like four points or less. Mm-hmm. Is that a good thing though? I mean, they went into overtime here against the Vikings, like lose by three. I know you know this, of course, but like, yeah, they've been playing competitive. So, it's like they it's like they proved to themselves like, yeah, guys, we can compete at this level, but we also realize we gotta gotta lose. Like let's get let's some exciting moments here in the game, keep like keep people entertained, keep ourselves excited, but then at the end of the day, we know we gotta piss the bed one more time. Yeah, so I'm not gonna answer this question. I'm gonna make you because I don't want the Homer uh, Homerism in me to uh stand out here. Are the Jags Let's say in this scenario, the Colts bring back Phillip Rivers for one more year. Okay. Let's just say they do that. Are the Jags a prime candidate to be one of those from worst to first in a division next year? 
Um, I don't think so. <clears throat> because my reasoning is I I don't know if Trevor Lawrence eventually finds his way to Jacksonville, and I know I said this like last week that I still think he does. Ever since I made that statement, I par- I started putting like some real thought into like <clears throat> what is a better situation for Trevor Lawrence's future. And, like, when you look at the Jaguars and you look at that division, it's not like the Titans are just suddenly going to lose Derrick Henry. Like, A.J. Brown's going to continue to get better. Taylor Lewan's going to come back for the Titans. They just signed Ryan Tannehill. The defense is pretty fucking good. As like, when you look at the Tennessee Titans, there's not a lot of holes. So, when they go to the draft, like, they're just adding strictly talent to this team. You know, or, like, players that they can maybe take a risk on. And if they hit, awesome. You look at the Texans. They're not going to be this bad again. Or uh, honestly, okay, I say that they might because they don't have any money and they don't have any draft picks. But I also think with Deshaun Watson, you're always in it. You know, like this is one of those seasons where you could tell they shot themselves in the foot from the start trading DeAndre Hopkins. Who knows what this team is like with DeAndre Hopkins? Can't really know that answer. But then you look at the Colts. Their defense is good. They got a good young defense, you know? And you look at this offense. The offensive line is good. Phillip Rivers hasn't been sacked this less in his career in a fucking long-ass time, if ever, honestly. Wide receivers. Michael Pittman Jr., been pretty good. Running back by committee is good. I don't think Phillip Rivers is there next year, though. I think he's still set on retiring. This is his one last run. If he doesn't get it, well, you haven't gotten it to this point, so what the fuck's it matter? You know what I mean? Things ain't going to get any easier for you. You're already dealing with a toe injury. You're old. When it comes time for deep throw situations, you're taken out of the game. Like, that's not a knock on him. It's just kind of the truth of what Phillip Rivers is. So, I think the Colts end up finding a way to get a veteran quarterback or Ballard says, fuck it, and we're going to trade some draft picks just like I saw my Kansas City Chiefs do with Patrick Mahomes because I believe he was there during that time. Watch them trade up to get a quarterback of the future and look where the Chiefs are at now. I think the Colts are in a similar situation, and a lot of people don't realize that. They might also just go trade for another quarterback who's in a tough situation, also known as Carson Wentz. This is something I want to talk through with you because I think we might have figured it out on radio today, but I know your head is so much better at numbers and how that works. So as we're talking, if you want to look up Carson Wentz's contract uh, so we can kind of discuss that as we go on, if there's something we need to say for tomorrow's episode, that's perfectly fine. But I'm throwing that out there for you as we're talking. So, looking at the Jaguars and saying all that about all these other teams, the Jaguars do need a quarterback. I just don't know if you get Justin Fields next year, how good that, like, or how much of a difference that makes because the defense still has holes, you know, within the defensive line and some of the secondary. For sure, right? So, I think they're good at corner. I love the Sidney Jones-CJ Henderson combo. Both of them have been out the last few weeks, and they're still doing pretty well. Defensive ends, I think they're good at. Linebacker, they're good at. So, I think it's defensive tackles and safeties on the defense that they need to fill in. Um, I think, I don't think that they have the best case, but I think the argument is there. If they get a young offensive minded head coach and they get a Justin Fields or a Wilson from BYU, I'm starting to come around on him, which is very weird to say from a Utah guy, but, uh, wow. But can you say that one more time the exact same yeah, way? I am coming around on Mr. Wilson from BYU. I think that he's going I like I like this down. I know they lost this weekend against Coastal Carolina and stuff. <laughs> Did you yeah, watch I watched that game? all of that game? Uh <laughs> but like he didn't do anything that I was like, yeah, see that's why. Like he actually he played fine. Like he didn't he just didn't yeah. go above and beyond. And I'm like I'm fine with it. So I still want Fields more, but I think Wilson for me has clearly taken over that three spot. Um and unfortunate because Lance has been in that three spot for me. Unfortunately What about Mac Jones or Alex? Trask? Uh Mac Jones is five for me, and then Trask is six for mm-hmm. me. So, okay. uh, but anyways, what I'm saying is I think that this division is open. And again, I made sure I said that Philip Rivers was still the quarterback because in I thought oh, the yeah. same way as you, that they have the ability to do that. If they go and get a quarterback in the draft or they trade for a Wilson, I mean, anybody, right? Like any of those type of guys, or sorry, I said Wilson, I meant Wentz, Wentz or 
man, even a Jimmy G, like whatever, like that style, like the style of offense they run, Jimmy G can run. So then, yeah, I think it's the Colts division for a very long time. Again, like how it was with Peyton Manning. But uh, yeah. Deshaun Watson, just in a tough situation. I don't know how much better it actually gets because he's playing unreal this year. He's playing very, very well, and they're still not winning. It's not like he's having a down year plus everything else. So, anyways, I think they have a good shot. Uh, just going through, actually, we'll wait until the season's over before we do worst to first because it happens every year. There's at least two teams that go from mm-hmm. worst to first, so we'll talk about that after this. So, do you want to dive into the Carson Wentz news right now, and then we'll go over game uh, recaps? Uh, yeah, let's let's do that, actually. So, Carson Wentz, it was announced yesterday for you guys listening today that the Philadelphia Eagles will be benching Carson Wentz and starting Jalen Hurts, their second-round draft pick quarterback out of Alabama and the University of Oklahoma. Uh, within this, I think it's just one of those situations where good for Jalen Hurts. And good for Carson Wentz because Carson Wentz, you're still getting paid. You're getting paid all this money. You pretty much got a fully guaranteed contract there with the Eagles. And I think the Eagles have shot themselves in the foot. They've made this bet and they're going to have to lay in it. And this is the exact same thing I said on radio today. It was just like, this is one of those situations where the Eagles clearly don't seem to have a plan. And that's also something Mel and I talked about yesterday on radio. And I don't mean to just keep bringing that up, but like this discussion is something I've had extensively the last two days. So for that news to come out yesterday, um, it's just kind of one of those situations where it's like, what are the Eagles doing? Like, what do they want the future to be? In the first round, you take Jalen Rager, a wide receiver who has issues catching the ball at a TCU speedster. You have Deshaun Jackson on roster. You need another speed guy. You have Alshon Jeffrey on roster. Do you have a guy that's like a primary route running receiver that you know can get open in space? Looking at the roster, no, you don't. Guess who was there? Justin Jefferson. Teresa's number one receiver. Dude is, just praised the shit out of him all offseason. I was like, I don't know. You know, LSU, a lot of weapons there, da 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 da. Dude's balling out in Minnesota with the Vikings and Kirk Cousins. Now it's just like one of these situations where. You're looking at the Eagles, and it's like, you really think Jalen Hurts is going to be the answer? Carson Wentz has been sacked 50 times. He leads the league in interceptions with 15. He's got 16 touchdowns. The last, since their bye week, I believe, was week nine. Since the bye week, he has been sacked 18 times. That's almost 20 times he's been sacked in four weeks. He's had three interceptions in those games. You're going to sit here and look at the last four weeks since the bye and go, yep. We need a fresh face at quarterback. Maybe that's the spark. Do you know what also could be the spark? Better fucking play calling. Getting the ball in the hands of your playmakers. Maybe that has been part of the issue with Carson Wentz is that he's not getting the ball out of his hands in time. Help him out with some play calling. Like, I really just look at it and I was like, I get the thing with Carson Wentz and kind of where your mindset is. And it's just one of these situations that's very confusing. And I, I feel bad for Carson Wentz, but at the same time, it's he hasn't been playing well this year. His team hasn't really put much trust in him as well. Like, it's just, it's freaking nuts, man. I hope he goes somewhere and he balls out. Me too. Because I don't think Jalen Hurts is the answer. And they're going to be in a situation next year where they can possibly trade him, and it's going to cost them like $33 million. Um, But, like, right now, if the season ended today, the Eagles are picking six. Are you taking a quarterback right there if Jalen Hurts isn't the answer? And then why are you going to sit there and look at the second-round pick that you took as a quarterback and be like, ooh, probably could have used, you know, another piece elsewhere on this team instead of a quarterback that had question marks coming in. For sure. That's just where I'm at with it. So here's where I'm at. Um, This week, uh, you were probably getting ready to go into the game, so you probably didn't watch as much of that game at the end as you wanted or at all. But yeah. I loved it. They kept talking about all game. Man, why are the Eagles not just running it? That's where the weakness of this team is. Thank you. Thank you. I have been saying that for a fucking year and a half now. The Packers are weak against the run. Just run the ball. You have Miles Sanders, a dude that's averaging 5.8 yards per carry this season, and you give him yet again less than 10 rushes. Makes no sense. The play calling is absolute garbage. Uh, last week was the first time 
that this Eagles offense has not scored two touchdowns in a game this year. For as bad as they've been, they've scored at least two offensive touchdowns in every single game, except for last week. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, Jalen Hurts, given, I want to see it when he has full starter reps. I want to see that. Gets Gets into a rhythm. But that dude just wanted to run immediately, all the time. Like, it was already obvious that, okay, this, like... This is what he is. like. And again, he, he can improve, especially with reps. But I didn't want to see that. Like What I wanted to see was him standing in the pocket and making consistent throws. I'm not going to say he didn't make any throws because he had that deep ball to Rager down the left side that was very, very beautiful. Like, I'm like, that's the type of stuff that you need to see all the time from him to see why he replaced them. But you're right. Overall, they do have an out. Uh, yep, and it's like $34 million after next year. Um, God, that's so much money. Could you, like, could you imagine, like, having to be the GM and just be like, yeah, we have $34 million in dead cap because of one player. Like, one So, it's like, it's actually 59 if they were to, like, cut him. To cut him, him, correct. It's 59.2. But if you trade him, then it's 33. Correct, exactly. Um, it's so in that situation, it's technically 34 and a half. So, okay. So within that, the situation, there's a team out there that might be willing to make that trade and send a pick back. And if you're the Eagles, you can get a pick, an extra one. It's sure as hell not going to be a first rounder at this point with Carson Wentz, but you trade him, you take a quarterback at the sixth pick. And you're left in the situation of who do you take at six? Because if Jalen Hurts proves to not be the answer, what do you do? Because, I mean, that's the thing. Like, as a general manager, Howie Roseman, Rosie Howman is what I think I said that one episode. Got tongue-tied down the name. Just, like, a good question, Trish. How do you explain that? Like, he made this bet. What was your plan of action here? You – like, there's reports last year that, like, teammates in the locker room didn't like Carson Wentz. They would rather have Nick Foles and Carson Wentz. Find what fucking player those are and get them out of the goddamn yep. building. Because you've already paid Carson Wentz all this money, so why are you letting him deal with any negativity in the locker room from teammates? If you're not going to support him and rally around him and be there for him, get out. And the worst part is it's probably a player who hasn't even fucking played much this year. Could be. I know who the player is, but I'm not going to say their name here. It's just a shitty fucking situation. Build around Carson Wentz. So let's say – here's another thing real quick. Let's say you decide not to trade him because you can't deal with that type of cap hit penalty, $33 million, $34 million loss with Carson Wentz. You're going to have to come in next year if it doesn't work with Jalen Hurts and be like, hey, Carson, like, man, we're going to have to rally behind you. Like, we're going to do everything in our power to make this work for you. Like, you're the guy. You're the future. You're here at least two more years. Hopefully we can be healthy. We have a left tackle that missed last year. We have a guard that missed last year as well. Let's try and make this better. You know what I mean? We still have an all-pro center and Jason Kelsey. Our defense, we're going to add to it in the draft. We have pick number six. Do you take a receiver right there? Yeah, you you have to because take Jamar Chase. Jeffries. You have to take Jamar Chase. Like, there's no question about it. You have to. You're not going to have Deshaun Jackson next year. You're not going to have Zach Ertz. I mean, it's going to be Miles Sanders, Carson Wentz, Dallas Goddard, Jalen Rager. You might even take Carson Wentz out of that mix. Like, there's so much the Eagles could be next year that it's concerning for them. Like, that fan base, I'm sure, is just freaking out right yeah, now. Yeah, I agree. So, here's the thing. Two things. One, his this new contract that he's gotten, right, the four-year, $128 million contract, hasn't even started yet. Does anybody else realize this? Nope. It starts next year. Like his base salary is less than $2 million this year. Yes, he got his signing bonus, which is like literally like, I don't even know, like 66, 67 million, something like that. But he hasn't even started. That is why they're in such a bad place. Um, and I'll put, I'll put my stamp on it right now. I'll, I'll say, and I'll own it if I'm wrong. Uh, Carson Wentz will be starting for this team before this season's over. They're going to realize that quickly, that Jalen Hurts is not the answer. Howie Roseman's going to lose his job. Yeah, for sure. The The Super Bowl has bought him these extra times because they have like, 
they've been really bad since they won that Super Bowl. I know they've made the playoffs the following year. They've but done nothing in the draft. They've done nothing in the draft. They, they've only gotten in a worse situation that I think that it, winning a Super Bowl buys him an extra like two years from now. Like I think like it's like, okay, the leeway of us not being good the last few years, that's okay because you won us a Super Bowl. Now it's these next two years. This is, if it's bad, then we can, we'll let you go. I think that's where we're at. So, uh, there's our Carson Wentz take. Yeah. So, I mean, you're still a fan of Carson Wentz, right? Like, where are you at with I? Because I've been super defensive, and every time I defend him, I just feel like I get put into a corner, and, like, all these swords are pointed at my throat, and it's like, whoa, I get he's not having a good year, but we also got to realize it ain't all him. It's not all him. Dude's been sacked 50 times. It's fucking absurd. Exactly. Like, We've seen him be elite multiple times. I would say he was almost elite last year with the weapons that he had. We've talked we talked about yes. it in the offseason so many I don't know how many tree civias I did about Carson Wentz last year. I feel like it's at least a thousand. And we haven't even had a hundred and fifty <laughs> or hundred and seventy episodes, but I feel like I've done a thousand of them. Uh but yes, I'm still a Carson Wentz fan. I still think that he can be good. I think that I'm with you. I hope he gets out of Philadelphia and goes to another team. Like I really do. I hope he does an awesome job. The I will say I pray to God he doesn't go to Philadelphia or I mean to Indianapolis. Well, that's exactly where I was getting ready to go. Why not? Because that's too good for the Colts, and that hurts the Jags. Oh, okay. For say, man, I kind of like the fit in Indianapolis. I I love the fit for Indianapolis. That's why I don't want him to go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. That was my my whole thing with Carson Wentz today, but I definitely needed to talk through it with you as well. So, I mean, this is where we're at. It's freaking crazy shit with Carson Wentz. It really is. All right, let's dive into some game recaps, shall we? Yes, sir. Um, where are we at? Let's just start with Jacksonville. I mean, we're already kind of there on topic with them. Like, Jacksonville, Minnesota. Jacksonville loses by three in overtime. She's kind of where you at. Where's your emotional roller coaster with Jacksonville? Uh, that I was praying to God that they didn't get this two point conversion again. Like that's really what I wanted. <laughs> uh, it was actually really hard because that they were driving right when the Jets took the lead, and so I, I honestly didn't know what game to watch more close. Luckily, it was Sunday Ticket. Obviously, you can watch multiple at once, but like I just kept like watching, and they happened to just be hiking the ball at the same time, which usually when you have multiple screens up, you can be Ooh. like, okay, I'll hurry and watch this, and the moment the play's over, you, you shift over. But they were hiking at the same time, and I was just like, okay, listen, Derek Carr or Mike Glennon, stop hiking the ball at the same goddamn time. Wait, wait an extra five <laughs> seconds, will you? Um, I will say, um, I love James Robinson. He is so much fun. He He's is good. so good. He is like, I like was even like early in the year when he was having success. I was like, yep, they still need a running back. No, like they are, they are set for a long time for at least the next four years with him. Like he is, he is so good. He's, I think he is now 22 yards away from 1,000 rushing yards. Uh, and he's got, I don't know, like, he's already got, I think he twenty or sorry, 1,300 total yards. So he is well on pace to break every undrafted rookie uh, running back record. So that's awesome. Um, Colin Johnson continuing to be a stud now that he's getting the opportunity another four catches for 66 yards i think that he is you know kind of stealing that i would say wide receiver four role going into next year i think it's going to be dj chark it's going to be chanel and i think that they have to just take another receiver somewhat early next year i know that those two guys are good but both of those guys have missed time in their career due to injury so like you can't count on them Plus, you have all these draft capital, and you got to get more weapons. You're going to probably lose Keelan Cullen free agency. I, he's he's going to be a sneaky good pickup for somebody. Like he's been he's been pretty good. Uh, th- that'll actually be a tough loss for the Jags. And then I tweeted this, but man, Chris Conley is the MVP of this year for the Jags, dude. That dude is so bad. 
Like, I don't know, I don't know how you dealt with him in fucking Kansas City for as long as you guys did. He is so bad. He, he literally drops everything or fumbles everything. It's ridiculous. Um, Fumbles were a problem. <laughs> yeah, he is so bad. He had another fumble against us. Um, I was actually super excited about the way they kind of contained Dalvin Cook. I know he ended up with 120 rushing yards, but that's on 32 carries. Like, eventually, like, Dalvin Cook is Damn. just, you know, he's going to bust some. But, like, they really contained him, made him fumble it on the one-yard line, uh, where and they recovered. Miles Jack recovered it. So... I mean, they did a good job showing that they could stop the run. It was awesome. They actually started playing a whole bunch of backup defensive tackles. Uh, Taven Bryan, the former number one overall pick uh, in 2018, played like eight snaps on Sunday, and it was awesome to watch him not play. (laughs) He is so bad compared to these guys. Um, It was funny because you and I actually talked about uh, Devon Hamilton, the third-round pick out of Ohio State last year. Uh, we were just like, yeah. man, like that seemed like a reach. I know like Matt even thought it was. He was leading the NFL in rookie defensive run stops, and then he got hurt two weeks ago and is out for the year, unfortunately. But like something I'm why I'm bringing up is I'm actually excited for him to be like a full-time player next year. That like I think one of those two defensive tackle spots are probably filled in. So anyways, um, you know. A great loss. That's all I can say is it was a great loss, and I hope that they continue to do it. It's I'm the guy that's been rooting for them to lose. Next week is going to be so hard because they're playing the Titans, and like I just don't want to lose to the Titans ever that it's going to be very hard to be rooting for Derrick Henry to kick the shit out of us. Well, he's probably going to because he did not play well this last week. And let's actually let's just get into that game. Cleveland at Tennessee. Cleveland wins forty-one to thirty-five. Ryan Tannehill led the game in passing with three hundred and eighty-nine yards. Nick Chubb led in rushing and in receiving. Uh I can't it's not loading Chris, so fucking. Corey that. Corey Davis, but, your boy led in receiving. You better freaking believe it. AJ Brown goes down with an injury though. Uh at the beginning of the game. Derrick Henry has a fumble early on, too. Uh, in terms of fantasy, if you had Derrick Henry this week, didn't do too hot. Not a good look. Uh, someone who did, though, played very, very, very well and deserves some of our praise um, is Baker Mayfield. Now, here's the thing. Clearly a career game. The best game he has ever played being in the NFL. Do it again. Like, I want to give you praise. You did well. You threw the ball well down the field. You did everything well that I've kind of knocked against you. Um, And then the defense for Cleveland kind of stepped up as well. They went into halftime with a huge lead. The score is closer than what the game showed if you watched it. Now, it's also one of those things with Cleveland. Everything that could have gone right went right for them. And anything that could have gone wrong for Tennessee pretty much did there towards the beginning of the game. So Cleveland took advantage of those mistakes. And good for them. But once more... I want to see it again. You are 9-3. and three. That's a great spot to be. You're close to locking up a playoff game. Uh, and with Pittsburgh losing, if they find a way to lose another one or two, you might be finding yourselves winning this division for the first time in, I think, for fucking ever. So that would be crazy. Real possibility. Something to think about. Yeah, I mean, last episode I said I want to see these guys beat the Titans and the Ravens. One down, one to go. So I said they will get my respect if they can beat them both. And here we go. But yeah, I mean, they played fantastic. That's all you can say is they played awesome. Like they are, I think they are going to sweep the AFC South at this point. I think they, do they still have to play the uh, Texans or have they played the Texans already? Sorry, I'm looking at the schedule. They already played the Texans. And they obviously, oh, that was the 10-7 to 7 game. That's right, I remember that game. Um, yeah, so they swept the AFC South. Um, so good for them, taking care of business there. And uh, I'm very excited to see this Ravens game with them next week because obviously the Ravens uh, kicked the shit out of them is the nice way of putting it on week one when they won 38-6. to 6. I mean, they let's be honest. They bent them over their knee, beat, like just whipped yes, them. Yes, for sure. Yep. So... They whipped him. And right now, Baltimore's playing Dallas right before halftime. Dallas about to kick a field goal to be down one. There you go. A little live live analyst as we're doing the podcast here. Uh, next game, though, let's get into New Orleans traveling to Atlanta. 
New Orleans wins 21-16. Trace, I know I'm jumping all over the board here, so please just bear with me as we go. Matt Ryan led the game in passing, but here, Taysom Hill continues to find a way to help help the New Orleans Saints win without Drew Brees. This offense was, was moving, but here's the other thing, and Trace, I want you to answer. I didn't get to watch much of this game. What the fuck happened? Because this is a close game, and it looked like it was a little bit back and forth for a while. How did the Saints get the lead here, and how did they keep it? I mean... They did it by running the ball and then Taysom Hill just getting his first, you know, first passing touchdown of his career, you know, that 30-year-old virgin style there uh, in, you know, first quarter, seven minutes left uh, to Traquan Smith. The difference, the Falcons could not capitalize when they got inside the 40, basically. Like, they just couldn't. They kicked field goals literally all game until the fourth quarter with less than eight minutes left. Like, that's the difference is the... The Saints defense won this game. That's what it comes down to. It wasn't. It, it was for sure not the Saints offense. Uh, the Falcons defense played them tough. They really did. Allowing only obviously three touchdowns there. Um, it was just the Saints just saying no, Julio and Ridley, you are not beating us, basically inside the red zone, and that's what they did. So uh, good for the Saints. Uh, they're going to continue to win. The worry is for me, and again, they look super good, but we've seen this the last three or four years where it feels like they're dominating, and then they they hit, they hit a roadblock in that playoffs, and somebody comes in and smacks them in the mouth, and they lose. So um, it's going to be interesting because I kind of feel like it's a three-team race in the NFC, so it's going to be fun to watch this. Yep. I'm right there with you, and I do wonder if that roadblock comes a little early this next week as they face Kansas City. I believe that's who they're set to play next. Um, the, I believe Kansas City is traveling to New that's Orleans. That's in two weeks. The, yeah, Kansas City plays the Dolphins. The Chiefs go yeah. to Miami. Yeah. That's correct. Excuse me. Uh, I mean, but still, maybe they run into that early facing Kansas City or another one of these teams because Drew Brees is most likely coming back that game. I haven't really heard much of an update uh, or saw one, I should say. I don't know if you have either, Trace. So he started, he started like, doing a lot of – like individual workouts um this week and last week so they're they are thinking that he's going to be back for the kansas city game in two weeks so they they perfect that's going to make that game even will. better they face jalen hurts this week and the eagles <laughs> oh the eagles are going to be like fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah the eagles see the, the rest of the schedule for the eagles is not going to be an easy road <laughs> for for jalen hurts i know we've already been into that but just that little tidbit as well. Uh, let's get into a fan favorite from Riley uh, and a huge chunk of our listeners too. The Detroit Lions get a win in the Windy City. They went 34 to 30. Matthew Stafford, again, over 400 yards passing. David Montgomery leads the game in rushing. And then Calvin Ridley leads it in, excuse me, wrong game. Marvin Jones leads it in receiving. Now, just one of these things with Detroit, firing a coach, I think it's been unbeaten this year. You fire your coach, you're probably winning your next game. I don't know what the difference was for Detroit, but things were working and they find a way to win. What happened, Trees? Did Mitchell Trubisky play? This, I'm going to be dead serious. This is a game I didn't watch at all. I, I haven't been able to go back either. Did Mitchell Trubisky play quarterback? Yes. And what, what happened? So, yes, he did. There, there was no business for the Bears to lose this game. They have the lead with the ball, and he fumbles it inside the Bears' 20-yard line with, like, less than five minutes left in the game. Literally fumbles the ball. Lions get it and then go down and score. The, the Lions scored two touchdowns in the final two minutes and 30 seconds of this game. So they go down and score, kick the ball off. Three plays later, they fumble it. They get it. Uh, then they take a couple running plays, I think a passing play, and then AP runs it in for his second touchdown, like a one or two yard run. Oh no, sorry, five yard run. Holy so two shit. touchdowns and sorry, I just opened up two minutes and eighteen seconds. So I was close, but two minutes and eighteen seconds, they scored two touchdowns and won the game. Like, just absolutely, absurd. they had no business losing this game. Like. Honestly, the Bears had a good game plan on offense. Like, they were using Cordell Patterson correctly. They were using Allen Robinson correctly. David Montgomery has figured out the last couple weeks that it is much better to run north and south than east and west, and he is starting to have huge runs. Like, he is starting to do very well. And, I mean, so, again, had no business losing the game. They did. Matthew Stafford, 
Oh my goodness. Uh, Cephas, their rookie wide receiver, he threw like a 50-yard bomb to him. And it is one of the most gorgeous things I've ever seen in my life. Like he, it's just right down, right down the corner of the end zone. Oh man, he throws. It is so much fun to watch guys like him, Mahomes, Rogers. Those three specifically come to mind. Of like, it literally looks like a flick of the wrist. Like it doesn't look like they're putting everything yes. into it. Like those three, it's. Oh, I really just. I get almost aroused by watching them throw the football. That's what it comes down to. I'll say it. I don't even care. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> it's out there. Um, also, Cole Komet is going to be a, a good player in this league. In this league, yeah. this was the first game that he actually did something, like, and it was like three catches for like forty yards. But like he's been flashing. I think the the last I was gonna say the last three games that I really watched with with the Bears is like Cole Komet at least had one or two players was kind of like. Ooh, yeah, that's nice. Like, they also have, like, eight tight ends on the team right now. But, like, Cole Komet's the one that continues to pop off. And, like, Trey Burton as well has had a couple of big catches uh, the last couple yeah, weeks. Yeah, but that's for the Colts. No, they have someone else. Yeah. The Bears have another They do. End. It's for, it's God, for sure not cool. Trey Burton. Why am I doing Trey Burton this? is, yeah. But um, he was there he last was. year. He was. Um, sorry, I'm opening it up right now to see who, because I, I I fully recognize that they have a ton of tight ends, and it's usually Jimmy Graham. Um, Wims, Wims is who it is, is who you're thinking of, yep. and he, yeah. So I think he actually he looks like a tight end, but he actually plays. I I think they call him a wide receiver, but I think he plays a lot of tight end. I think the the Mooney kid, his first name. Yeah, yeah he's a wide receiver. Uh, Dar- Darnell Mooney. I've been the two lane kid. They've been praising the shit out of him. He's a on Twitter everywhere. He's a good... And his route running is so, so nice. nice. Yeah, he went for 4 for 39. Oh, uh, no, sorry, 4 for 43. 4 for thir- 43. 11 yards, basically, a catch. Like, that's fantastic. And look at that. Look what happens when A-Rob leads the, lead, uh, leads the team in targets. Again, you score 30 points. Like, weird how that happens. Weird. There's no way he's staying. No, for there. sure not. He had 6 catches for 75 yards on 7 targets. Fantastic. Uh, let's get into this next matchup. I don't know if we're going to spend a lot of time here. The Cincinnati Bengals traveling to Miami. Miami wins 19-7. to The Bengals don't have Joe Burrow. Not much was clicking there. Miami, they just find ways to I'm just win. upset that I lost that bet. You won this one because it was 11.5 spread, and they won by 12. And it was like the Bengals had multiple shots of scoring at the end. Just super frustrated loss for me. Hate to see yeah. it. You just you really do hate to see it. Uh, our next game though, Indianapolis went to Houston. Indianapolis won twenty six to twenty. A heartbreaking loss for Houston as they had an opportunity there late in the game. Uh, a dropped snap by Deshaun Watson pretty much lost them, or not pretty much did lose them this game. Uh, Trees, that was pretty much the only play I literally saw within this. But I did see Michael Pittman had an impact as well. Uh, what did you see watching Jonathan this? Taylor, wow. Weird what happens when you actually give him the ball in the passing game as well. He had a big receiving touchdown. And I think I mentioned this last episode because you made fun of the way I said his name, but Kiki Kuti, huge game. Eight catches. I didn't make fun of you for say, the way you said it. I just like the way how quickly you say his first name. What's his Kiki. name? That's how you say his name. Kiki Kuti. <laughs> so that's it. Well, he had eight catches for 141 yards. So I hope you guys hope you guys picked him up like I said to. So, um, but it's awesome to see Jonathan. For me, it's awesome to see Jonathan Taylor making a difference there, and it's also good to see Ty Hilton starting to play better because he played very poorly, but the last two weeks he's played great. Boom. Love to see it. Next, the Los Angeles Rams went to Arizona and pick up a win, beating them by ten. Jared Goff led the game with 351 passing yards. Robert Woods had a big game in the air as well, and Cam Akers. I mean, the Rams led in every category of this. One thing that I did see in this game was the route tree from DeAndre Hopkins, at least the last couple weeks. It's not looking like a very big one, and it's been limited targets with that. Like, I saw someone question the other day on Twitter, like, has NFL defenses figured out Kyler Murray in this Cardinals offense? Really something to look at is the Cardinals – who were once leading the NFC West like three weeks ago are now six and six. Yeah, they're they're struggling. They're they're fighting for a playoff spot at this point, and this is what I expect from the Rams, right? And why they're going to win games in the playoffs is because Jalen Ramsey can slow down wide receivers. Like we've been talking about Hopkins and how and all that, 
eight catches still, but only for 52 yards. Anybody will take that all day, every day. And the one touchdown that he had, Ramsey actually wasn't guarding him on that play. Uh, I was watching this game pretty closely just because I have this invested interest for some unknown reason um, on the Rams. Um, and then Cam Akers, I brought him up last week as well about how he should be a pickup for everybody because he's starting to get more carries. And he is va- he is clearly taken over that role. Uh, 21 carries this week, 72 yards, another touchdown. Um, yeah, the, Ram- the Rams are fun to watch. Like they are. They're just fun. Here's a question. And I thought about this as I'm getting ready to write my Power Rankings article uh, tonight after the podcast. Whoever wins the NFC West is going to be the NFC representative in the Super Bowl. Uh, I think I said that the other. I, I said that on the solo podcast. I 100% agree. Look, Look at this. us. I I think it's must have missed that part. I, please don't think I. No, you're fine. I, I didn't word it exactly like that. I just said I said that I think the Rams will. What I said was I think the Rams are the team in the NFC that go to the Super Bowl, but my original pick was the Seahawks, so I'm good with either one. Is actually what I said. So. Same thing, different wording. So, uh, one hundred. Look at the way the brain works here between us. Um, one hundred percent agree. And again, we we talked about this last episode that I it all comes down to if that other team can pressure Jared Goff. It is clear that he does not handle pressure very well, so that's what you need to worry about. And that's something I'd worry about if they played the Saints. Actually, I would be concerned about that. They'd have to, and I trust McVay that he would come up with a game plan of. We have to get the ball out of our hands very, very quickly. I think if we saw them play each other, we would see at least six or seven jet sweeps from wide receivers against that team. With those defensive ends, like get them second guessing if they need to like check that or not. I That's my prediction. Yep. I think that's a good one. Uh, let's get into this next game. The New York Giants made the trip cross country to face Seattle where the Giants beat the Seahawks. Russell Wilson led the game in passing. Gallman, the running back for the Giants, led it in rushing. And then DK Metcalf led it in receiving for the Seattle Seahawks. Now, within this, Trees, the Giants win the game without Daniel Jones at quarterback. Colt McCoy was starting quarterback for the Eagles. They find a way to win. Within this game, I didn't get to see much of it, but I do remember last week in our last episode, I said, hey, I'm picking the Seahawks to win. But I am not going to be surprised if the New York Giants win. You did say that. Because they've been playing well the last five, six, seven weeks. Like, they have not been losing games by a lot. And they've won their last four games. This is a great look for the New York Giants. Like, they can win this division. Now, the Washington football team are right there on their heels. And this is so surprising because we expected the Cowboys and Eagles to be at the top of this division, not these two teams. I'm not that surprised that the Giants won, but at the same time, Trees, I need to know what you saw as well and what helped the Giants win and beat the Seahawks here. Um, it's that defense, man. Like, they contained Russell Wilson somehow. I, di- I didn't see that happening. Uh, credit to you for saying that because you did 100% say that, and I did not believe you for one second. And this defensive coordinator is going to get potential head coaching jobs next year. Uh, for sure. Uh, one thing I'm super excited about because we we did a post on social media the day of the other day of like trending up, trending down on players, and one of our top guys was uh, Goldman from the Giants, and he had another fantastic game. 16 carries for 135 yards, dude. What is going through Saquon Barkley's head right now? Like, damn it, guys! You guys start playing well now. Like, if this dude's putting up yeah. 135 rushing yards, I'm putting up 205. Like. Like, if you use Saquon Barkley, you're loving yes. this. Because that means you have help in the backfield. You're still going to get paid. Like, I mean, you're still set. You're still one of the best running backs in the league. Now, within saying this, it's – look at the Giants, dude. Like, that offense has weapons. The offensive line seems to be better. Seems to be playing better since they fired their offensive line coach. They have weapons at receiver Evan Ingram. Like, you can pick it up, stay consistent in a way. But this defense – Dude, I believe I said this in the offseason. I don't remember if it was this year or last year. Maybe it was both years. It was like, hey, we have to look at the Giants as a possibility because the years that they did go to the Super Bowl and win, it was their defense. Like, the defense was the reason for it. It wasn't like they had any big-name playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. Eli Manning just put the ball in great spots and helped them win games and let their playmakers make plays. 
It's kind of what we're seeing with the Giants. I am not saying they can win the Super Bowl, but hey, any given Sunday, dude, we don't know what a team's going to be like. But the New York Giants have been continually getting better week after week. Yeah, they really have. Uh, I still think the Washington football team wins that division with the schedule they have. Um, mainly just because I think that Washington can win three out of the four, and I don't think the Giants can. Um, but it's going to be close. I mean, they keep uh, they keep proving me wrong, the Giants. So good for them, absolutely. Uh, what else do we got? We got a time for probably like two more recaps. Um, which ones do you want to talk about? Uh, New England and Los Angeles, the the Patriots versus the Chargers. What the fuck? New England wins forty five to zero. This is a game I didn't get to see. Justin Herbert leads the game in passing with two hundred nine yards. Damian Harris continues to go off for the Patriots at eighty yards, and Keenan Allen leads the game in receiving with just at forty yards, just over forty. Yep. What the fuck happened this week? Special teams, man. Special teams are what's winning that game for them. They had two special teams touchdowns. Um, honestly, I didn't even watch the second half of this game because it was such a blowout. Like, within the Chargers, like, you have this offense. Austin Eckler's back. Like, this is something you and I talked about. Like, Austin Eckler's back in the mix. Justin Herbert's going to have a heyday with this offense. New England's defense, it's okay, but it ain't great. Like, this is exactly what we said last episode. 45 to 0. You can't score at all. If you're Anthony Lynn, man, look out. Like, you might lose your job. Oh, 100%. 100%. It's something that we talked about off air, but I guess I might as well put it on air right now. Um, Lincoln Riley should leave Oklahoma for Los Angeles' job for the Chargers. So, I actually brought that up uh, on radio, and I, I made sure to credit you as well. I was just like, hey, this is something we talked about. I actually like the fit. And the argument was, like, you look at the Dallas Cowboys, if they were to fire McCarthy, and then or, like, Los Angeles, who's which is the real better option? Because the Chargers aren't going to be the same team next year, right? Like, they're not getting any better. What is a better fit? Like, would you rather have the Cowboys or would you rather have the Chargers? I would rather have the Chargers. Next I'd year. rather have the Chargers because I like their defense way more. I think they're... Even for next Even year? Even for next year. I mean, Chargers, like, name good players on that defense for the Cowboys besides their two linebackers. You can't. Like, even Lawrence is not playing well. Like, they don't really have that yeah. good of talent there. Uh, lots of holes. And then this Chargers defense, you have Bosa. You have uh, Melvin Ingram. You have uh, Tillery at, at defensive tackle. You have your linebackers. Yep. Your DBs are just stacked everywhere for multiple years. Yes, obviously, like guys like Derwin James have to stay healthy, but I'm going to trust that that they are. And then offensively, let, let's just play the game. Keenan Allen or Amari Cooper, who would you rather have? Keenan Allen. Okay. Um, CeeDee Lamb versus Mike Williams. Probably CeeDee Lamb. What's a bigger difference, Keenan Allen to Cooper or Mike Williams to CeeDee Lamb? What do you mean? Like, who do I like? So, is the was it harder to decide out of Allen and Cooper, or was it? Let's just I'll word it differently. Which duo do you like more, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, or Cooper and CD? Williams and Keenan. Me too. Allen. Tight end, Hunter Henry. Assuming yeah. they resign him because or Dalton or Schultz. Dalton Schultz, yeah. and it's actually Jarwin uh, Jarwin. Yeah. Um, if he comes back from his ACL. And then running backs, you obviously have Zeke. But, man, like what the Chargers have been doing, like Eckler plus Belage and all the other yeah, guys, Josh Kelly, like, the, like they just have that. And then you have offensive line. We've talked about it on here multiple times that offensive line for the Cowboys is starting to become almost a weakness because they're getting older and can't stay healthy. And they've lost a lot of people, yeah. right? Like they've lost some of those key guys that made them outstanding. So I do think it's close, but if you're telling me that I get a way better defense, I get offense that are similar and a quarterback that I know that's actually going to be playing next year. Because <laughs> like, we don't know with Dak, right? Like, it, it's an unknown. It looks great. He's walking on it. He made that little juke with Zeke the other day. I think we talked about it. He, I think we talked about it here. Maybe that was offline. I can't remember, but I don't know. I would choose the chargers um, personally. I could see why people would say the Cowboys. Um, I think that's more of a personal preference. So. 
No, yeah, I get it. I just definitely wanted to hear you go into that more. Uh, I think that's a very great point. Uh, one last game here before we end this bad boy. The Washington football team beat the undefeated or former undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers 23-17. to Alex Smith getting the fucking job done. I know we've already deemed him as comeback player of the year before he even played a snap. But for him to come in, play, and pick up wins for Washington and help them take advantage or take the lead in the division, uh, things you love to fucking see. And thank you, Alex Smith, for beating the Steelers to help Kansas City. They've already locked up a playoff spot. Awesome. Love it. Let's go. Yeah. Pittsburgh, though, lots of drops. Lots of drops. Yikes. Yeah, they got. They have to resolve that. It's been lots of drops all year. I think they're at like 6.5% drop rate, which is like absurdly high. Uh, but, yeah, fantastic. And really just a great job by that defensive Washington. You know, like that defensive stand – was huge like that won them the game um tomlin said it we had five plays to score from one yard out we couldn't do it we deserve to lose i actually love tomlin for that type of stuff like it's nothing like oh, that like man. he's been like that the last couple yeah of weeks. i just i love it like mike tomlin may be like one of my favorite like head coaches in the nfl like he's just he's awesome did you hear the the sideline mic'd up conversation with uh Chase yeah, Young. Yeah, like I we don't I don't want to lose 14 games to get you, but you're just an amazing talent, something like that. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. To get a guy like you, we got to lose 12 to 14 games and that's just not a position I ever want to be in. But you're amazing. But like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so cool. Like he's such a guys yeah. guy. Like he's clearly a players coach of course, but he would be a fun guy to interact with he and talk would. to, he I would. think. Um and also, I mean, for the Steelers, a little concerning that you have a rookie defensive end like Chase Young, as good as he is, already coming out and saying uh, the Baltimore Ravens showed us a blueprint on how to beat them. Almost like you and I said that last episode, question mark. <laughs> so um, anyways, um, recap. Uh, you don't want me to do this, but I'm going to do it anyways. Uh, recap on the betting. Uh, the spread, I gained another point, another game on you. So you are 89, 86, and 3. I am 92, 83, and 3. And then on the player prop bets, yikes, gained a few more on you. Uh, this one's basically over, I think. Uh, I got you by 9 here. 33 and 43 for you, 42 and 34 for me. So um, CEH not playing a single snap sure hurts you there. Yeah, I uh, really wish I had put more thought into him being sick all fucking week, but, you know, here, here we, we are. are. So, um, anyways, we'll be back tomorrow, breaking down all of week, what are we on, week 14 at this point, fantasy playoff yep. time for everybody. I know I'm pumped. I, I, I'm I, in it. I'm facing the weakest team. I'm super excited. Like, I think I'm going on to the semis pretty easily. My team's finally healthy and stacked. Nobody gives a shit. I'm going to move on. Um, we appreciate each and every one of you. And tonight, we've been talking to you.